chapter thirty the final chapter of making fate by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty talking it over on the following tuesday morning ralph bramlett looked out of the window of his office in the distillery and watched the train whiz by which he knew was bearing marjorie edmonds away with mr maxwell for her escort oh the mother was there of course but he ignored her he had told himself for weeks that he hated her she seemed to him a part of that relentless fate which had pursued him he told himself now that marjorie was gone at last out of his life and this time he meant it there was a dull pain in his heart which made him understand that that subtle undertone of hope which had been all along telling him that somehow out of all this obstinacy and misunderstanding and miscalculation would evolve that which he desired had proved treacherous and left him that rose-coloured future which had held itself before him for so many years had disappeared and only dull prose filled its place he was bramlett bookkeeper in a distillery and under engagement of marriage with estelle douglas well he said throwing down his fountain pen with an angry frown as having been held point downward while he considered it proceeded to conduct itself after the manner of those interesting instruments and let fall a great black tear on his account book let her go let everything go fate has done all the evil that she can for me now i'll see what i can do i'll be a rich man anyway i'll show her one of these days what she has lost by nursing her obstinacy and ill-humour until she has ruined everything his pronouns were confused but he well understood that the second one meant marjorie edmonds and not fate i may not be a judge he continued in communion with his worst self and i may not be able to have anything else that i had planned but i will see to it that i am not circumvented here if i am not a millionaire before i am twenty-five years older then the world may set me down for a fool i see my way to so much at least and it is not a very small thing after all as this world goes the time was when we used to talk sentimentalism together and assure ourselves that we did not care for money it was honour we meant to seek fool as if she did not like money better than the most of them what else attracted her to that whining hypocrite estelle is more honest at least she frankly owns that she is fond of it well she shall have it she and i will do very well together she will know how to spend my money in a way to do me honour if i only knew some way to convince that girl that she had not broken my heart after all it is that which hurts most i believe the thought of those two talking it over and laughing together about the spectacle which i made of myself that night what evil spirit possessed me i might have known that it would come to worse than nothing if i had only kept away from the schuyler farm altogether nothing of the sort would have happened i believe the place is bewitched there has been nothing for me but ill luck in every direction since i went there before and i shouldn't have gone this time if estelle had not almost forced me to do so that girl must learn to mind her own business better than she knows how to do now 
once married i think it will not be difficult to show her that i intend to be master in my own house i'll be even with that maxwell yet in some way he has ruined my life but he shall not gloat over it always talk about justice there is no such thing in the world the paths of some people are spread with roses no matter what they do how dishonorable they are or false everywhere they turn is sunshine look at marjorie edmonds where could one find a specimen more false than she has been and she deceived me utterly i thought she would endure anything from me probably she intended to deceive me all the time i have no doubt but that they planned it together and their lives must be crowned everything just as they wish and plan while for others a relentless fate as cruel as death dogs their track overthrowing their most cherished hopes and bringing their best efforts to naught what have i done but the best i could all my life and what have i had but reproach and misfortune and misery in return especially since i took what people call the right road and joined the church i wish i had not done that at least if it had not been for glyde douglas i should never have thought of such a thing i believe that entire douglas family have been selected to be my evil geniuses oh well that is only a sham with the rest money is the only real success from this time forth i am going in for success yet the sentence ended with a groan almost of despair and the poor self-haunted self-destroyed young man suddenly bowed his head on the great ledger spread open before him and his strong young frame shook with the pain that filled his soul even when he talked with himself he was not quite true that is there was really another and better self which it was becoming the habit of his life to ignore it was weeks before marjorie edmonds mentioned his name then one afternoon she began suddenly to talk about him telling that early and only confidant of hers the patient mother some things which she had decided that she ought to know it was a lovely summer day and they were sitting together under one of the grand old trees which mr maxwell had described to them marjorie had just sketched it and her mother was criticizing it when the daughter began mother you have been as good as gold to me as usual i don't suppose i can ever tell you how grateful i have been for all your patience with me but i feel it all the same there is a favor i want to ask of you but before that i ought to tell you something that night you know when we went to the party at schuyler's ralph came out to me on the lawn and said some words which i will not repeat not even to you because i want you to think that he did not mean a great many of them he was wild with excitement however he said enough to make me understand something of what you have felt about him and have tried to have me see i think you are right in part mother he could never have had the character which i thought he had he but never mind now all that is past you will understand mother dear why i do not speak any plainer of course you are sure now that everything is as utterly past between us two as though one of us had died but that does not hinder me from wanting to help him from words which he spoke to me that night 
i feel sure that there is misery in store for him and for estelle not because of me but because he mother he does not have right views of of anything i do not understand it i have thought over what he said and wondered how it was possible for a christian even in the excitement of anger to speak such words i tremble for them mother and my heart aches with the longing to keep them from wrecking their lives said mrs edmonds speaking slowly choosing her words with utmost care so that her daughter might feel that they were spoken from conviction and not from prejudice do you feel sure marjorie that he knows what it is to be a christian has he impressed you at any time as a man who was acquainted and in daily fellowship with jesus christ i am afraid dear and have been from the first that uniting with the church was one of the accidents or impulses of his life rather than a deliberate public avowal of an inward change i do not necessarily mean by that that he intended to deceive but rather that he was himself deceived i am afraid he thinks that religion consists in joining the church and attending the communion when it is convenient and a few outward acts of that sort she did not know whether or not marjorie would be shocked by such plain speaking but the girl made no sign that she had even heard she sat with one hand shading her eyes and the sunlight glinting through the trees shimmered around her making a beautiful picture for the mother's eyes to rest upon but there was a pain in it for her was this sweet young life to be always shadowed by that baleful one which she who had been called of god to shield and train her child had permitted to be so closely connected with it after a few minutes of silence she asked gently what was the favor daughter that was to be asked of me mother said marjorie dropping her hand and turning toward her i am afraid you are right i am afraid that ralph bramlett has no personal acquaintance with jesus christ has not even sought it and he is a member of the church i have heard it said that people who unite with the church under mistaken ideas without having really given themselves over into christ's keeping are so hard to reach silence again for a few minutes then mother i am sure you do not understand me if ralph could be if it were possible for him to be honorably released from estelle douglas to-morrow he could never never be anything to me all that is utterly and forever past when one actually loses one's respect for and faith in a person why then but the favor i wanted to ask is this you used to like ralph mamma and you have been good to him and tried in a great many ways to help him let a little bit of that old liking or old pity if you will creep into your heart for him again enough so that you can pray for him with all your soul mother will you join me in a union of prayer for ralph and estelle that god will not let go of either of them that he will in some way by some path that we do not understand nor even see to be possible lead them to himself for i am persuaded that estelle knows no more about this matter than he does and they will both have ruined lives can you join me in this dear mother mrs edmund's manner was very tender and serious daughter she said 
i want you to feel how entirely my heart goes out with you in this desire and how fully i will join with you in a covenant of prayer yet there is one thing which i feel that i must say to you do you remember dear that even god cannot force people to yield their wills to him he has chosen to limit himself in order to make us free to become all that grace can make us instead of being mere machines it is he who cried ye will not come unto me that ye might have life i do not know estelle douglas very well but i have studied ralph for years what is in his way is his own undisciplined will and he does not call it by that name he says fate do you remember how often the words used to be on his boyish lips that is just my fate when really what he was bemoaning had nearly always to do with some impulsive folly of his own i did not think so much of it then though i remember i talked with him more than once about it but i have seen since that he is always pursued by the idea that a something outside of himself and with which he has nothing to do makes his misfortunes for him and oversets plans which were wise and ought to have prospered he still names it fate i think and not self now dear i wanted to say thus much to you lest you might think that god could save ralph in spite of himself and grow to feeling perhaps if you were disappointed after long waiting that he was almost cruel i have known people who did not understand god any better than that but we will pray and pray and never let go our hold while we live that is our part and we will be sure that he who so loved that he gave his son will do his part mr maxwell had been abroad for five weeks there had come from him two letters addressed to mrs margaret edmonds but inside they commenced dear friends delightful letters they were it was almost as good mrs edmonds said as having a trip abroad one's self with all the discomforts left out the week following this talk with her daughter the mother who was his sole correspondent from that family wrote this my daughter wishes me to ask a favor of you she has been studying lately with deepest interest the verse where two of you shall agree etc and kindred passages and has become impressed as never before with the power which lies in a union of prayer she wishes me to ask you to join with her mother and herself in a covenant of prayer for the young man ralph bramlett and his betrothed wife estelle douglas we have occasion to fear that neither of these know what it is to have the lord jesus christ for a personal saviour and to try to follow him in their daily lives marjorie through a certain experience of hers which loyalty to her sense of honor keeps her from fully revealing even to me has come to believe that the young man especially is in danger and that unless some strong hand interposes there will be the moral shipwreck of two lives she bids me say that there are a few people whom it seems to her god has taught in a peculiar sense how to pray and you impress her as one of these therefore she desires to lay this burden upon your conscience we know without awaiting your reply what it will be 
for by the same token that we know he has taught you to pray we are sure he has given you a heart to respond to all such calls as these it was a dreary rainy evening when mr maxwell read and re-read this letter he had felt more alone that day than he was wont to feel in fact he knew that during all the days there was a curious sense of homesickness upon him such as in his many trips abroad he had never felt before he had turned over his pile of home letters eagerly sought out the one which he recognized as from mrs edmonds and pushing the rest aside had given himself entirely to its influence evidently it in some degree met and ministered to the homesick feeling at his heart especially had he read several times with deepest interest the paragraph commencing my daughter wishes me to ask a favor of you he was conscious as he read it that there was a quickening of his pulses and an eagerness to know anything which this daughter could desire was there anything that she could ask which he would not be willing to give yet the petition had a strange effect upon him he dropped the letter at last and began to pace up and down his small room the unmitigated scoundrel he said aloud and with suppressed force in his tones and she is giving her life to prayer for him back and forth he paced feeling the place too small for him he stepped to the window and pushed it up to its utmost height he wished himself out in the rain and the darkness god forgive me he said at last can i pray for him with all my heart can i forgive him for the mischief he has wrought he sat down presently and leaning his elbows on his little writing-table covered his face with both hands there was need for heart-searching was there really that in his heart which prevented him from crying to god for a soul in peril he got down on his knees at last and prayed like one who had indeed been taught how even by the holy spirit but at that time his prayer was chiefly for himself there went out by the next morning's american mail addressed to mrs margaret edmonds a very brief letter which ran as follows my very dear friend there is no time to write a letter by this mail i only take a moment to say in reply to your and your daughter's request amen with all my soul god bless you and her leonard maxwell so this was the way in which they talked over together ralph bramlett's affairs end of chapter thirty end of making fate by pansy recording by trisha g thanks for listening